Welcome to another edition of Time Out Sports, the podcast. It's your host, C. Ruff, and I'm here today with a very special guest. I have joining me today, CP3 Academy uh, coach, head coach and developer, Mike Russell. How you doing today, Mike? Doing well, man. Appreciate you having me on. No problem. I appreciate you coming on and spending a little bit of time with me. Uh, so if you would, just give an introduction of yourself. Yeah, man. Um... Mike Russell, born and raised right here in Winston-Salem. Um, been here with the academy as the lead developer for maybe right about four years. Um, started off, you know, high school coaching, and that kind of led to me starting a, um, well, co-founding a, a, an AAU program called Team Winston. And we ran that for maybe right about, you know, five or six years and, you know, put a couple kids in college. So that's, that's my biggest foundation is AAU and high school ball. But that just kind of led into doing some personal development, and uh, that just kind of led to me landing this job here at the Academy, man. It's a, it's a blessing. Okay, so been doing it for a while. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so I guess we we'll go back again then. Talk to us about your intro to hoops. Uh, to my understanding, you played basketball yourself growing up. Um, you know, what age did you start playing? Early, early, man. Like I said, I had two older brothers, so they, you know, I was, I was kind of thrown into the fire early. Uh, maybe about five or six. Um, started off up there at Polo Park, you know, over the summer in the neighborhood. Uh, the neighborhood that, that really, really um, kind of got me prepared for, you know, anything I would ever face in, in real competition basketball. But, um, you know, Central YMCA, that, that, that played a big part in my early stage of basketball. Um, and like I say, that kind of moved right into AAU at age 11. When I saw those uh, those Olympic rings in, in amateur AAU uh, basketball, that just kind of turned me out to where I was like, okay, this this is what I want to do. But I also played a lot of football too, man. But basketball, I had always had a lot more fun playing basketball, and um, but that was it, man. Like I say, early, early, and I was and I fell in love with it ever since then. Okay, so what age did you stop playing football and focus strictly on basketball? Uh, I never really did, man. I actually got my scholarship in football. I, I got a scholarship put out in Morehouse University. I played quarterback in high school and uh, had some good years there over there, R.J. Reynolds. And um, like I said, got my scholarship to you know play football down at Morehouse. And I actually ended up uh, getting on the basketball team as well down there. But you know things didn't work out, and uh, I had to come on home. And then I, I tried to do another stint in football down there at North Carolina Central coaching staff change and then that was pretty much it for me so when I got back you know to Winston that's that's where um, you know just just trying to have that same influence that a lot of people had on me you know growing up and, and always admired my coaches and one of the biggest people man was my older brother Dave you know Dave he, he really did a lot with me individually you know as far as uh you know, teach me some things, and, and I always appreciated his approach to, you know, to working out with me, and, and you know, I just kind of took that and, and took a lot of the stuff that he did with me, and um, and that's what really gave me my love for really trying to help other kids out, and and again, man, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a special thing because it's not only just the basketball part of it or, you know, the, the, the athletic side of it, it's just building that that personal relationship and that friendship with whoever you're working with. So, um, so that was that was it, man. Like I said, I, I stopped playing 
maybe around about like 21. So I stopped, I stopped playing pretty early. You know, we would play around here, you know, some pickup games and stuff like that. But uh, just real competition, it, it ended pretty early for me. Okay. So what was your uh, position that you played in football? Because I did my research and I found that you were a point guard in basketball. What was your position in football? Quarterback, man. Quarterback. I, I played two years, started two years on JV, started two years on varsity, um, one conference player, the offensive player of the year my senior year. Um, but uh, like I said, I was more of a, a running back playing quarterback than I was a, a real quarterback. Like I said, I, you know, I could throw it, but, you know, we ran a lot of option and, and stuff like that. So I was more of a, you know, a, a dual threat running quarterback type type style. But, um, but I always was in that position of leadership, you know, point guard, quarterback, coach on the floor, coach on the field. And uh, like I said, I think that really helped me out as, as far as doing what I'm doing today. That's good right there. So you talk about having that older brother. Uh, I have an older brother. I know how important, you know, that can be, or uh, that role model, somebody just, you know, to talk to. So what was the age difference between you and, you said Dave? Dave, yep. And you had another one, correct? I got a little brother, uh, Chris, man. And uh, and we're all back, we're about for like five years apart. Okay. So we never really got a chance to, you know, go to school together, but we, we were close enough in age where nothing was, was too separated too far where I could get, get something from him. But, uh, but Dave, you know, he actually played quarterback in high school. He went on to play at A&T. Uh, so, like you say, that's, that's where that connection really came in, you know, with Dave. And he played basketball in high school as well. Uh, he stopped playing in, in uh, basketball in high school. He went on to play, play quarterback at A&T after high school. But, uh, but yeah, man, like I said, those, those two older brothers, man, they, they, they really helped, you know, shape and mold me, you know, as, as far as getting my toughness and, uh, it always kind of gave me a leg up on the competition as far as, you know, being able to sit back, watch mistakes, and they kind of giving me some of their wisdom on certain situations, and, and I was always, you know, able to use that to kind of give me my advantage, you know, whenever I stepped out on the field or on the court. Yeah, that's good right there. Yeah. So we're now going to transition and talk about these back-to-back 4 extent championships. Yeah, man, that was, <laughs> that was some fun times. Um, you know, man, we when we stepped into Reynolds, you know, we were already kind of we were on, we were on a different level. You know, AAU basketball, man, it's really competitive. So we had already went up there to Charlotte, you know, Greensboro, High Point. We had already played a lot of the you know top players, you know, in the area. And uh, but you know, when Junior year here, we had you know two. And, you know, this was back when you know you had to play JV. You know, if you weren't. Six seven, six eight, and just you know, just crazy good. So you know, we played our two years of JV, uh, and then we kind of took that momentum right into our junior year, man. And uh, we actually had two transfers come in as well, man. That was huge. We had a kid named Mitchell Baldwin come in from North Forsyth, uh, stud, and and we had another guy. He ended up playing four years at, at UNC Charlotte, and uh, we had another guy named. Eating Eptimov, Shushi Eptimov, that came in from Bulgaria. And, uh, you know, he ended up playing four years at NC State. So, to say the least, man, we, we had a really good team. My, my center, Jason McDougall, he went on to play at Penn State. Darrell Mitchell, uh, he went on to play four years at, at, at playing play football at UNC. 
uh, with the Tar Heels. So, you know, man, you add four D1 players, you know, off that junior year team. And then senior year, it was pretty much the, the, the same return to shoot. After Malt didn't get a chance to come back, but, you know, we had we had some more guys, Keith Foster, uh, Eddie Green, with Hope and Faye. We had, a, we had a lot of really, really good players on that team, man. And, uh, and like I say, that was, that was some fun times, but, you know, we really got a chance to, to put the state on notice, like, yo, if, if you want to do anything as far as this high school basketball, you gotta you gotta come through Winston. So, um, so we, we we definitely represented, man, and we we really tried to you know bring a pride to to Reynolds and and Winston Salem. So that was that was some good times right there. Yeah, man. So which state championship do you think was tougher? Would you say was tougher for y'all to win? I I would say junior year. Just because, man, we, we were we were right out the gate straight from JV. You know, a lot of us, we didn't have a lot of varsity experience. We had a couple of guys with some varsity experience, but um, it was just, you know, that, that chemistry we built on JV moving right into varsity as juniors. And, uh, you know, man, junior year, we, we, we played a really, really good 71st, uh, Fayetteville 71st team. Um, they had maybe around about four or five D1 players on that team. Uh, the MVP of the game actually went on to play at, at Florida State. I think his name was, uh, what was his name? I can't remember it right now. I'll, I'll remember by the time this interview is over. But uh, but we were really the underdogs that year. And, uh, you know, to go in and, you know, we caught off to a nice lead. They came back and it was a, a really tough finish at the end. So I, I would definitely say that that junior team was – was the toughest year to uh, to really to really pull it out. Senior year, man, we we were ready. You know, we were ready. We were battle tested. We had played a lot of teams uh, across the nation. We went to some national uh, events down in, in uh, city of Palms, Florida. Uh, went up to Trenton, New Jersey. Played Manhattan Rice. So we had played a lot of the top ranked um, teams. Like I say, we were ranked in the nation. We we came in preseason. Uh, fifth our senior year so you know we were ready for the target we knew what it was going to take and and uh, I think we ended up winning that senior year in the state championship might be around about 30. so uh junior year was definitely the toughest no question okay with that being said is there a game in your junior year that you can look back on and say I think this was the turning point for us you know that helped you end up winning it yeah <laughs> actually man we we had a, a point uh, where snow hit, you know, we had a real big snowstorm, and we ended up having to postpone the game. And we went to Davie County, lost at their place, and we kind of had like a back-to-back. -back. We went to West Forsyth with C.J. Paul, uh, Chris Paul's older brother, J.K. Edwards. They had a really good team, and um, we ended up losing to them in back-to-back -back games. And we didn't lose anymore after that. So I, I, I think that was that point where we was like, all right, let's, let's see if we can, you know, pick this thing up. And that was kind of late into the season, right before conference tournament. And, uh, you know, both those teams were in our conference. So when we lost those two games, you know, we really picked it up and, and really lo locked in and, and really started getting our eyes set on, on trying to win the state championship. And, and like I said, man, we didn't lose after that. We, we, you know, we ran through the uh, the playoffs pretty pretty decent, um, 
and we ended up facing a really tough West Charlotte team. Uh, I want to say that was the regional finals, and that came down to a last-second shot. And uh, but like I say, that, that junior year state championship, you know, we said the first that, like I say, that was another tough one. But you know, man, we lost those back-to-back -back games to West Forsyth and Davey, and that was kind of like our rivals, you know, to a degree. And uh, like I say, man, we, we really locked in and. and Start setting eyes on in that state championship. We got it done. Yeah, that's impressive, man. Not a lot of people win back to back. You know, even you know in professional sports, college, when you, a lot of people can win one, but to go back to back is is uh, pretty tough to do. So that's definitely impressive. Now I'm gonna transition and talk. Um, you know, your coaching. I, I've learned that you prefer to be named a basketball coach instead of a trainer. What's your thought process on that? Yeah, man. Like, again, I don't, I don't want to disrespect like real professional trainers. Like those guys go to school and you know learn things about the body and you know muscles and, and all that good stuff. To where I, I don't really want to put myself in that that uh, that field of training. I, I really started off just wanting to coach, and again, that just kind of led to some. Um, some parents, you know, just asking me to work with the kids after school, you know, off days on the weekend, stuff like that. And um, I really start saying that, you know, that personal connection that you make with a kid makes training a whole lot easier. So I'm, I'm really good with kids. And, and once I kind of learned that about myself and, and really start saying that I enjoy, you know, being in that grind with them, you know, it's something that I start taking a little bit more serious. And, you know, like I say, the years went on. I'm still coaching. I'm really not doing, you know, a lot of individual, you know, uh, development. Like I said, it's, it's still just coaching. And, uh, but once I, I got here, you know, once I got here and I, I really started, you know, setting in like, yo, this, this might be something I can, I can really make a career of, that's when it got a little bit more serious once I got the job here at the, at the academy. And, um, you know, doing a lot, you know, just with the – the, the daily classes, skills, and drills that we do, you know, they, they shape me to, you know, help out and, and do a lot more, uh, you know, personal skill development. So, you know, I, I don't mind the, the title, you know, training now just because I've, you know, I did some more studying throughout my years. You know, I've gotten better at it. I'm continuing to get better. And uh, like I said, it's, it's a title that I'm kind of embracing more and more every day. But, you know, when I first started, it was, it was just straight coaching. You know, like I say, just uh, high school, rec league, AU, it really didn't matter as long as I was, you know, in a position of a coach. But like I said, it's it's a it's a title that I'm embracing more and more now, so it's cool. Yeah. So I, I've learned over time that I you know, I love to work with kids also, I think because they're the purest purest uh age group for me. No question. You know, you have an older group sometimes you have to deal with some stuff. Yes, with kids, man. like you said, they just, you know, they're pure, uh, you know, just a joy to be around. So I definitely love kids also. Um, so with that being said, you've coached as trained people from, you know, future Hall of Famer Chris Paul um, to Jamal Murray, Mikey Williams, LaMelo Ball, the recent uh, number three pick in the draft, and more. So how does it feel being a part of those athletes uh, you know, rise to stardom or continuation of greatness? Well, you know, man, you know, Chris, 
you know, Chris is really the, you know, the, the spearhead to, you know, the Mikey and, and Melo and all those guys, you know, strictly because, um, you know, he has a personal relationship with Mikey. So, you know, over the summer, it was like, yo, you know, Mikey's in town, you know, see if you get him a workout. And uh, that one workout, you know, he enjoyed it, you know, and that just kind of led to, to some more workouts. And uh, pretty much the same thing with, with Melo. You know, Mikey, you know, he, he, he knew me. You know, Melo got in town, and they both guys got a personal relationship. And, um, you know, he was like, yo, I got a spot we can go, cool dude, you know, get some work in. And, you know, that was pretty much it. But, you know, the, like you mentioned, the, the biggest difference in between those guys, you know, and the kids is, you know, I got with Chris, you know, 13 years into the league, you know, pretty much an established, you know, Hall of Fame at that point. So it, it really, it's really not much I can, you know, teach Chris or, you know, show Chris or, you know, teach a dog new tricks or however you want to put it. It's just more or less keeping their skill set sharp, you know. So every day you want to, you know, sharpen that knife, you know, to be ready for battle. So, you know, that's what it is with me. When I get with those guys like Mike and Melo, it's, it's just another day in the gym and we just get better. But, you know, as far as me, you know, being part of their ride, like Mikey was the number one player in the, in the nation when he showed up here. So, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm part of that process of him becoming who he is, but I'm helping. You know, and that's all I got into this stuff for, man, was just to help. You know, if a kid want to get in and, and get some work in one day, let's do it. But, you know, I got some different clients where, you know, we've been working for, for months on end and, and, um, you know, I take a little bit more pride in their process, but as far as the NBA guys, like Jamal Murray, he came in with Chris over the summer just to, you know, work out, you know, and I, I got a chance to get in here and, and uh, you know, just, just get on that grind with them. You know, I'm in there sweating, working, you know, just, again, just trying to keep them motivated and just keep them sharp and, um, and just making sure they, they get a good workout in while they're here with me. So... But, you know, like I say, man, it's cool. Like, I get that credit. You know, a lot of people was like, you know, you know, Chris Batman, Chris, you know, he an all-star. And, you know, man, it's because he was working with Russ. And, you know, I appreciate that. But, you know, we all know that's not the, the full case. But, you know, Chris, man, he he, he trusts me, you know, in these workouts. He, he trusts anything that I, I got to bring to the table, any suggestions I have or any type of drills that I, I want to do. You know, he's – He's totally locked into what I got going on, and uh, and like I said, I appreciate that. But you know, at the end of the day, man, it's again, it's just work. It's just work that day, and if it's more work the next day, that's just what it is. But you know, those guys were, and they're gonna be who they were without me or or whatever. But I'm just I'm just happy and fortunate enough to be able to help. That's it. Absolutely. Uh, so. A guy from my school, Robert Cologne, I see he's been coming here for, uh, for a little while. I don't know if you train him individually, but um, you know, what are some things you see in him that you think yeah, Rob, allow him to be great? Yeah, man, Rob got in here one day uh, a few weeks ago, man. He came down with a good friend of his, Bobby Pettiford. Uh, Bobby's actually going into, um, you know, he's a senior this year. He'll be going into Louisville this year or next year uh, for his freshman year, but you know, Rob, man, Rob is Rob is a great player because he has the size and skill. Like if you if you kind of meet Rob, you'd be like, yo, like 
you are a linebacker or you're you're a basketball player, but in the raw man, he's he's a great athlete, um, great shooter, uh, great athleticism, and um, he know how to play the game the right way, you know. And and Rob got some flash with him too, where he can he can kind of be somewhat of a crowd pleaser as well. So, you know, he kind of got that um, that that full package where you know size, skill. Uh, able to kind of play towards the crowd. And, and, you know, honestly, man, that's what a lot of these, you know, NBA guys want to see, man. They want to see somebody that can entertain. So I, I think Rob got, has a great shot, man. He had, like I said, he has great range with his strength on his shot. Uh, he get up, you know, get off the floor, play above the rim when he needs to. But he also has that, that size that's really important, that size and strength that's really important to be able to play against, you know, bigger competition and more physical competition. But, um, he was a joy to have in the gym, man. Like I say, it's, I, I'm, I'm really thinking he has a shot because I got a chance to see Rob against some NBA guys as well, man. And, and Rob held his own. You know, he played well. So um, I'm looking forward to see what, you know, what the future has for him. Yeah, so I, uh, I hate I missed that workout that you're talking about uh, with uh, David West, uh, with Dennis Smith Jr., all those guys, I think, what, two weeks ago. Uh, but, yes, Rob, he's uh, – you know, I got to Winston-Salem State in 14, 2014. Okay. So I was able to see Rob, you know, all of his years. And uh, I definitely respect how he's been able to continue to improve, for one. And, two, he's definitely put on more size. He's gotten really, you know, much stronger, much, you know, bigger. And so, like you said, I think Rob definitely has a good chance, um, you know, to, to make it to the league and do some things. And uh, so – yeah, man. We'll see, but I'm definitely behind him. Absolutely. We all are, man. He's, I, I'm not sure if Rob is born and raised here in Winston. I'm not sure where he's from, but we definitely adopted him as one of our own, man. He, you know, he brought a lot of a lot of uh, good times and a lot of pride to Winston State, you know, and to the city itself. So, uh, like I said, we wish him the best. We, he has our full support as a city. Absolutely. So, what are some of the things that you believe allowed Chris Paul to be one of the best point guards in the league right now at the age of 35? IQ. IQ, man, it's, you know, it's it's a thing now where, you know, that's something a lot of coaches just kind of expected you to have, you know, back when we played and even even before then. But nowadays, you know, it's it's at a premium. You know, if you can play and and think at the same time play fast and think fast at the same time, it, it really sets you apart. It really sets you apart. And uh, that's the one thing Chris is, has really been able to do, you know, throughout his years is just always be a step ahead of the competition. You know, and if you can stay, Chris, in Chris' case, he might be three steps ahead. So, you know, you always know what the next play is. You always know what the best play is. So at the end of the day, you start talking plus minus, you know, out on the court. Chris is always going to be in the, in the high ends of, of the pluses. And um, at the end of the day, man, that's that's really all you want your point guard to be able to do, even though, you know, Chris can turn it on whenever he wants to. And I think that's something else, man, that makes Chris great to, to where he doesn't have to take, you know, 20 shots to get 20 points. You know, and he's just super efficient. So, you know, you start talking about these possessions and, uh, really getting the most out of your possessions and, and things like that, man. It's it's really no other better point guard than Chris. And uh, you know, man. And even at thirty five, 
you know, Chris, man, he, he really, he, he took some shots, you know, and I was there for him. Man. He took some shots, you know, after that, that, that Houston series. And, um, you know, he, he was, he, he really take, took a hit, you know, in the, in the social media world where a lot of people were kind of writing him off, like, you know, he's injury prone, whatever, whatever. And, um, and he went back to the lab, man. He, he recommitted himself. He changed his diet. You know, he, he started putting a little bit more time and and uh, and money in, into you know his off-season regimen. He's working out his body, and and I think that's really set reset the clock for Chris. You know, and like to mention, man, that if you can see some adversity at 33, and, and you know they kind of build a, a new fire inside you, you know, at that age. You know, like again, he just kind of resets that clock. Where you just gotta find a, he's kind of found a, a new, a new motivation. You know, what I'm saying to kind of prove people wrong and, and um, you know, really get some get back. Like, yo, y'all wrote me off. I, I'm back. And you know, he's he's really taking on that challenge, and I'm proud of him, man. Cause like you say, he's made enough money to where he ain't gotta do it no more. But you know, man, it ain't about money with Chris. He's always been a. A super tough competitor. I've been knowing Chris since he was six, and he's always been like that. You know, he you know he, he want to play one on one against any and everybody that want to you know play him, and he's always you know really embraced that that challenge of you know getting out there and showing what he can do. But like I say, man, he, I'm I'm super proud of him. He's he's taking this game to a whole other level, you know, and I'm I'm really looking forward to what he's gonna do in Phoenix. Me too, man. Uh, so. Like you said, with Chris, it just seems like he's never spared up on the court. He plays at the pace that he wants to. And, you know, that's very important uh, when you're watching basketball, when you're watching any sport, you know, not to get rattled and, you know, speed up yourself to where you can't think. Chris Paul definitely always seems controlled and, uh, you know, seems like he knows what he's doing. So that's important. And like you said, the IQ, man, anybody, even if you don't know him, if you watch the game and study the game, you can see that Chris Paul's IQ is, you know, you know, top five in the league for sure. Yeah, man, so. and, and he and he has to be because you know, man, Chris wasn't always this, you know, super athletic guy. You know, you you watch him play. You know, Chris ain't the fastest. You know, he's not the quickest, but you know, he's always been able to also have good, you know, good ball handling and, and like you say, good pace and being able to change his pace up and uh, and just kind of stay unpredictable. But you know, like I say, man. Chris can play both ways. He can play at a slow pace and think, but again, that's what made Chris really good early. You know, he was moving a lot faster. He could play fast, you know, and still, you know, uh, know what he's doing out there on the court. And I think that's a, a lot of kids' <laughs> biggest problem nowadays. They, they're fast and athletic, but they just can't think the game and play at that same pace at the same time. So, but like I said, that's, that's really what sets him apart. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the, the job that he did last year with the Thunder because a lot of people, you know, wrote them off. I think they had like a 0 0.9 or 1.0% chance to make the playoffs. And the job that he was able to do with the Thunder, getting them in the playoffs, I was very impressed by. Yeah, man, definitely. He, um, and like I said, that was, that was last summer, you know, and I was, we was actually in, um, in Georgia. We was in Georgia for the Peach, Peach Jam. Uh, and that's a big AAU tournament where, you know, a lot of the, the top AAU programs come in as part of the, the Nike EYBL uh, finale. And we were down there for that. And uh, 
and we was doing some training and um, you know Chris got that call and I want to say man CP went downstairs for maybe like an hour and a half two hours you know me and see him and it was like yo I don't know what he doing down there but he, he kind of get his, his, his thoughts together and uh but he took that. He took that rough, and because it, I, I think it was an understanding where we were we were kind of open to a lot of different places. OKC just really really wasn't one of the you know the top choices. Chris don't care where he plays, as long as as long as he's hooping, he's good. But I think Chris kind of wanted to be in a little bit more of a better position to, to compete for a championship. But he took that challenge and made the playoffs his championship. You know, and I, I really think he approached it like that to where, like, man, if we can really get this team, stay healthy, you know, you know, build what we need to build to make the playoffs, we did something that a lot of people didn't think we would do. And uh, but what he what he was able to do was he was also able to show that, you know, y'all, a lot of people like to talk about his leadership, like it's it's a little over the top, you know, he's, he gets some talk about, you know. You know what kind of teammate he is, and all that, all that crap. But you know, Chris got to show man that the way I approach the game, the way he approaches the game, and, and, and uh, his leadership is is really valuable. You know, it's really valuable, man. And he 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 wasn't the only one. Like I said, they had a decent team, but Chris was he was that that mind and body that, that really kept that kept that team. You know, at that point where they can really compete and, and, and get that eighth spot, but. For them to move on to the fourth and fifth spot and play right there in the middle of the pack all year, that was just that was impressive, man. That was really impressive. So, um, and not to mention, you know, being able to um, make an All Star appearance with that with that team, you know, that was that was something that a lot of people, a lot of people didn't didn't think he could do. I wouldn't say I would be personally one of those people because. I seen what he was putting himself through over that summer when we was working out together. He was, he was out, man. He was out for he was out for vengeance. Like he he was out for blood. He, he could not wait to get the OKC to to really stick it to a couple people. Absolutely. So it's super impressive. Yeah. So transitioning back to you, what would you say frills or motivates Mike Russell? I I don't know, man. Like. Me, I'm I'm not I'm not in the, the, the greatest position of you know saying that I'm it's not about money. It's not about money. If it was about money I would have stopped doing this a long time ago. But, you know, as a father I, I gotta I gotta I gotta provide and you know the the position I'm in, I'm really not in that position where I can I can really settle and be complacent. Like I really gotta get out here and keep grinding. And uh, you know, see if I can put myself in a better position where I can, you know, really give my my family some financial stability. And that's that's not the only motivation. Like my motivation is just uh, is just again what I got into it for, and that's just helping, you know, helping my city, you know, helping helping these these kids, you know, kind of find a way. Cause it's tough, man. You know, you, you out here, you really not knowing what you want to do. But if you can fall in love with basketball and get that connection. I want to be that resource where, yo, I can go to Russ and, you know, get some on-the-court stuff, some off-the-court stuff, and, 
and um, and again, just 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 help, man. Like I said, we just we need more people helping. You know, we got a lot of people out here with the handout, but it's not a lot of people out here really, really trying to help kids and, and help shape our future. So that's the biggest motivation. And and again, man, like I gotta I gotta I gotta get myself in a better situation where I can really, you know, put providing you know for my family at, at, the, at the top of the list. So. Um, but the grind, man, the grind is the motivation. Just keep striving to be great. That's it. Absolutely, that's real. What advice would you give someone who is looking to go into coaching slash training? Make sure you love it. Make sure you love it, man, because and make, and make sure the love is genuine. Like, don't get into this thinking that you're going to get something back from it. And I don't care if it's money. A lot of a lot of trainers they they train for credit. You know they want to be able to attach themselves to to really good players, and you know hopefully that gives them some type of you know credibility as trainers. And it does, but you can't go into it looking for that. You know because a lot of these kids, man, you know you got some ones out here that that appreciate the help, but they won't acknowledge it. You know they won't be like yo like Mike Ross really you know helped me out. And you know you got to be okay with that because again you wasn't helping for that credit you was helping just because you have the knowledge in something and if you got the knowledge in something you kind of got a duty to give it back you know what I'm saying if you're not giving it back you're being selfish and you know as a point guard I never played the game selfish you know I always wanted to see my, my boys eat um, and that changed man like I say I want to see these kids eat I want to see them do great. But again, like if you're gonna get into this, be knowledgeable. You know, don't don't just get out here and start taking money just to say you're a trainer. Um, you know, be knowledgeable, know what you're doing, and uh, make sure you got a genuine love for it. Because again, it's, it's not gonna always show that super love that you're giving back. It, it just don't work like that. So, but as long as you got that, you know, wrapped up in your mind, man, you understand that it makes what you're doing so much more enjoyable because at the end of the day you out of the court like i worked in different places where you know you got to get on a uniform and you know wear steel toe boots like we get the hoop get in the gym throw on shoes you know we just we get to do play a game and, and train it in, in a game like and that's that's your profession so at the end of the day man we, we're super fortunate to be able to to, to use basketball to for a way to feed our families Absolutely. It's, it's numerous athletes that I've seen, not going to name, but I felt like got into the, the crowds, you know, for what they what the craft could bring to them, not what they could bring to the craft. And, you know, you know, that's really talking money. Um, so, like you said, it's important whatever you do in life to legitimately love what you're doing and do it for the right reason. No question. No question. Man. Like I said, I'm I'm uh, I'm fortunate, man. Like I don't have a degree, you know, so this is, I'm, I'm fully invested in this. And uh, it was something that I made up my mind, uh, you know, a while ago, like, yo, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna rock out with this and see what happens. And, you know, man, I, I definitely have a, a, you know, a following, you know, I built some stuff up, you know, this summer, this summer's been a huge summer. Um, but again, I, I'm nowhere near, I'm nowhere near where I'm trying to be, but I'm so, far from where I was, like, you know, I really ain't got no choice but to, to, to keep going. But, 
again, even at the end of the day, if I don't get to where I'm going, I can still say that I was in a super fortunate, you know, situation to be able to, you know, use basketball and be around the game and, and just kind of uh, have that attachment to it, man. It's a blessing. Absolutely. So who are some of your influences when you talk uh, coaching slash training? Some of the people that you looked at growing up or even in the you know, recent years. Well, you know, man, I, I've had a lot of coaches, but, you know, first and foremost, man, like I say, my, my older brother, man, Dave, like he, <clears throat> Dave, Dave knew how to make training fun. So, like, you can look up and, and you done pretty much went through, a, you know, an hour of workout, you know, but you were laughing, you know, you, you were grinding and you were enjoying it, you know, while it was happening. And that's, that's the biggest thing that um, that I bring to my trainers. Like, you know, man, people can come in and watch my sessions. Like, I don't do anything, you know, super special. Like, I ain't got no special drill. Like, the game don't change, but it, it is a certain way that you can deliver, you know, whatever you, it's just like rapping. You know, like, you got a lot of different rappers, but it's certain rapid delivery that just makes them a lot better than the next. You know, and that's, 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 that's kind of what I pride myself on, man. Really being able to draw analogies and draw connections to certain things that make it make sense to a kindergartner all the way up to a professional player. And that's, that's the biggest thing I take pride in, man. Is like, I can work with anybody. Like, I don't have this status where I got to just work with professionals or D1 collegiate players. Like, I can take a kindergarten, a first grader, make that connection and, and um, and make make learning fun for him. And like I say, man, that's Dave was the, the biggest influence in that man. Like he really said that, like, yo, learn like grinding, training, it can be fun at the same time. But you know, man, like I said, I've, I've got a, I've had a lot of coaches. Like even though my like my dad, like like my dad is another person where he, he really let me know that, you know, you know, basketball can be simple. You know, it's not a it's not a complex thing like. You stick to the fundamentals, everything else will kind of lead and, and, and take precedent, you know, as you get better, as you get older, so. But, um, you know, it's a couple people I would name, but, you know, like I say, man, my dad and, and you know, my older brother, David, like, those were the, the two main influences that really keep me apart from a lot of other trainers, you know, in, in this field, so those are the two biggest guys. What would you say is your favorite sports movie? Sports movie? Oh man, don't do me like that. Uh, the program. The program was. How old are you? 24. 24, you win. Yeah, I've never seen that. The program is a football movie. It's got Omar Epps in it. It's, it was a real dope movie. That's what really kind of got me, you know, in that, uh, you know, was, I couldn't wait to get to. Division one football to be able to experience a lot of the stuff that was going on in that movie, but you know it's a, it's a lot of ones, man. It's a lot of it's a lot of movies. You got uh, Above the Rim, Sunset Park. Um, you got he got game, man. There's so many sports movies that you know that I love. I, I really can't pick out a favorite, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. Sunset Park was a big movie. Have you ever seen Sunset Park? Come on. You're making me feel real old right now. 
real right now. But Sunset Park, man, that was that was definitely a, a movie that I watched a lot above the rim. But it's you know it's a few more out there I really just can't put my put my mind on. But off the off the top of my head, Sunset Park and above the rim definitely. Okay, two that I got to mess with you about. No Coach Carter and no The Blind Side. You know what? I I don't I don't do Coach Carter. I love Coach Carter, but I've been called Coach Carter so much with this bald head and you know that you know resemblance to you know the Coach Carter. And what was the other one you said? The Blind Side. Remember the Titans. Blind Side. Remember the Titans. You know, we actually went to go watch in high school. We went to go watch Remember the Titans as a team. A football team, man, back in Reynolds, we all went to go watch it, remember the Titans together. And uh, that's another good one, man. And, uh, and even in Blindside, like, I've watched Blindside maybe 30 times. You know what I'm saying? You know, man, that movie is really, it's a really dope movie, man, because, again, I, I would love to be in a position like the Toonies were, like, you know, to really be able to see a kid that, that could really use some help, and they didn't. They didn't do it, you know. They kind of got that, you know, vibe like they did it just to get them to go to Ole Miss. But you know, they really helped that kid out just to help him because they they could. They could help. They helped, and what he was able to accomplish, man. After you know, they helped him out. Is it's a remarkable story, bro. Like that, you know, and that that movie from what I've seen and what I've heard, like. The connection they made to the story itself and it being a true story, like Blind Side is definitely up there. But again, I you know I'm I'm a little older, so Blind Side was after I became an, an adult. But you know those early movies, you know, like I said, that's that's that was a while ago. But Blind Side, Coach Carter, remember the Titans, all dope movies, absolutely. Yeah, I'm of the mindset, like you said, that if we could just get more people to give back, reach back, and you know help people, then we would see more stories like The Blind Side. No question. Where people make it and no make question. it to the top. No so. question at all, man. That's all some of these kids need, man. They got all the tools physically. You know, like I say, man, some of these kids just need somebody in the corner, somebody in the corner to believe in them, give them the opportunity uh, to really go out there and be great. So I, I, I completely agree with you. We're going to get ready to wrap it up. I don't want to hold you much longer, but I just got a couple more questions. Uh, what would you say is your favorite sports-related book? Jay Billis' Toughness. Jay Billis' Toughness, man, it's, it's a book that I've read at least three times. And uh, because, you know, Jay got a way of, of really, you know, breaking down basketball in a sense where it's, it's so mental. You know, a lot of people might think toughness, you know, is a physical thing, but, you know, being able to persevere in, in certain situations, like, you know, to be able to go through any type of, you know, personal situation, you know, whether you, you know, you dog tired, you, you know, you got the crowd, you know, saying crazy, stupid things, like being able to have a mental toughness is, I don't want to throw a percentage out there, man, but it's it's really, really important. You know, I'm not going to say it's any more important than, than the physical toughness, but, you know, man, to have that mental toughness to be able to, you know, block out distractions, you know, have discipline. Like, man, that stuff is tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what Chris was able to do, you know, with, you know, turning full-blown vegan. Like, yo, 
I don't I don't know if people really know how hard it is to give up meat. But yo, that is a very hard thing to do. You know, and it takes mental toughness, it may, it takes that discipline. And that's the biggest thing that Jay really Jay Billis really speaks on in his book is being able to also have that that mental toughness to be able to endure any situation that you put in. And you know, man, I, I think that's that's the biggest thing these kids need to know. At least, you know, even more so nowadays is, yo, know, like you can have all the skill in the world, but if you don't if you don't have that mental you don't have that mental toughness and that foundation set, man, like being able to keep going is it's gonna it's gonna be really hard. So definitely Jay Billis toughness. Absolutely. It definitely can separate you. <coughs> uh, you know, because you've seen some of the most talented people who who weren't necessarily men- mentally tough and they fought it under pressure. Absolutely, man. But it's it's also just being able to be mentally tough to maybe tighten up your circle. Like, you know, man. People, you know, around them are a big part of people's downfall as well, man. And, you know, and that takes a, a certain type of toughness. You know, it takes a ter- certain type of backbone to really stand up. Like, yo, like, I gotta, I gotta cut, I gotta cut some people back. You know, everybody, everybody can't go with you. And like I say, man, that's hard to do. And you know, a lot of people they don't want to do it because they don't want to confront that. That, that issue, but you know, it's, it's got to be done in, in certain, and it might be family. It might be family, man, like friends, you know, people you don't know your whole life, but they just, you don't outgrow them, you know, your opportunities out, have, have outgrown people, and you got to make that decision at some point, and that's just a tough decision to make, so, but uh, but that's that's the biggest thing that I really got from Jay, man, like that, that mental toughness and that discipline, it's, it's everything, it really is. It really is, for sure. Um, one thing that I say, you know, as I'm trying to grow up the ranks, uh, you know, as an individual, like media platform, company, whatever you want to say, um, I think it's important not to have yes men around you. Your circle, you got to be able to have people in your circle that will tell you when you're wrong. I see that a lot where, you know, I, I just feel like people are scared, especially when you have these NBA players, NFL players, people in position with money, with wealth. You know, people, they are, they're scared to tell somebody they're wrong because they don't want to get cut off. How important do you think that is? And that is, that is the, that's the, that's the separator. Like, man, that is the separator. When you look at some of these guys' careers, yes men were, like, the biggest part of that downfall. Like, and I don't even care if it's something as simple as you going out you know, out to a club or whatever and having people around you that's going to party harder than you that's not really watching your back while you party. Like, having people like that, like, man, it's, it's so important because, again, that person in that position of, you know, stardom or whatever, they get blinded, man. They get blinded, you know, with people approaching them, you know, women, Influence whatever it is, you gotta have people around you, man, to be like, yo, all right, so that don't necessarily look all the way right. And if you got somebody that can just make you stop for a second and just think, it, it'll make that, that one decision that could have killed your career allow you to keep going. So, man, like, yes, man, they're, they're the worst. And again, it, it's tough to, to point out because a lot of these superstars and stuff, man, they don't. They might not want somebody like that around. 
but all you got to do is, is is have it make make sense one day, and then be like, okay, yo, like he really got my best interest at heart. Like maybe that's somebody that I might not want to hear it, but I need to hear it. And again, that that kind of go to that superstar too, man. Like they make that mistake of maybe wanting yes men around because they don't really want nobody to to, to tell them the truth, but. You know, man, but you you are absolutely correct. Like, yes, men are, again, I don't want to throw a percentage out there, but there are big reason that a lot of these guys, you know, they just get to that point where they, they just make one that one mistake and it costs them everything. Mm-hmm. So no question, man. You want to make sure you got good people around you. That's, that's really important. Very important. Uh, like you said, when you're going out to the club, I think it's definitely, to the club or wherever you're at, I definitely think it's important that you have one person at least that is not, you know, intoxicated or, you know, that is 100% there that can be on the lookout and make sure that everything goes right, like you said. Yeah, man, like, you know, some of these big-time superstars, they got security, you know, but if you're in, in college or high school, you ain't got no security. Like, you got to make sure you got some cool people around you, man, that can watch you back. So, and even early stages of your NBA career, you know, you might not change forward. You know, the, you know, personal security to watch your back, man. So, you know, really having people around you that, that, that genuinely want to make sure that you, you stay in that position that you're in, not for their own benefit, but just because you, you, you family, you, you a good homie. Like, that's that's super important, man. And again, at the end of the day, it gives you that balance of this crazy superstar life and just kind of having a normal, you know, just you know, laid back, humble life, like. If you ain't got that balance, man, it's, it's going to be tough out here. It really is. Absolutely. Last question for you. I believe this came from Rui. Rui, I don't know if you know him. They DM me on Instagram. Okay. R-U-O or R-U-E? It's a young lady. Oh, Rue, yes, Rue. She's okay. actually an, an Academy member. Okay. Yes, Rue, that's my dog. Yes, so she said, how has basketball coaching changed your life perspective? You don't, you don't necessarily have to have a degree or you don't necessarily have to be this super accomplished person to be in a position of leadership. So like, I, I dropped out of college, you know, I don't have a degree, I'm not the most wealthiest person in the world, but even in, in my stage that I'm in, like, people, people look to me and they value my opinion, you know what I'm saying? And, and if somebody values your opinion, then they could quite possibly, you know, maybe take your opinion to heart. And, and put it to use. And when you're dealing with that type of responsibility, man, like, it's, it's dope. It's dope, man, because it keeps you on your toes as a person, too. Like, you you, don't, you can't afford no slip-ups. You got too many people watching you, you know, and they're really trying to follow what you're doing. So that, that was the biggest thing. Like, as long as you, you really have some type of code and some type of, you know, more that you can stand on and, and you know, just kind of be 100 as a person, like, that goes a long way as far as provide leadership to people that maybe not have or, or, or may not have that, that leadership in their life. You know, whether it be parents, you know, just family members or whatever. Like, if you can be that one person, that somebody that can grab something good from you, like, yo, that's that's dope. And that's 
that's the biggest thing that I've um, that I've really gotten from from what I'm doing, man. Like again, I, I'm not I'm not Chris Paul. I'm, I'm not Mikey Williams. I'm just Mike Russ. But that's growing into something that a, a lot of people look to. Like yo, I see some stuff on social media, and it's like yo, that came from me, and that's just a dope feeling. You know what I'm saying? And again, it keeps me motivated. It it keeps me you know in that position where like yo, you, you got a purpose out here. Like you need to. You need to keep grinding, you need to keep going, man, because there's really people out here that's, that's looking to you, you know, as a template, you know, something, something to kind of go off on. So, um, but yeah, definitely, man, like that's, that really changed my, my life, perspective on things like, yo, you ain't, you ain't got to be some big man to be in a position of influence. Like you can be a, a just a down, a down, uh, cool, humble dude, and, you know, and that can mean a lot to somebody out there. Absolutely. Well, great interview. Uh, almost 53 minutes long. Definitely didn't intend on holding you that long. Uh, but good, I uh, definitely want to tell you thank you, and I appreciate you taking this time out uh, You know, to talk to me. want to give you an opportunity to shout out your social media, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, and, you know, how people can get in contact with you. Yeah, man. Um, Instagram. M Russ at M Russ three four M U I mean I'm sorry M R U S S three four uh, that's the Instagram handle and uh, Mike underscore Russ that's that's the Twitter handle and like I say man you, you know you come to my page just you know you be on the lookout for a lot of inspirational you know just motivational type things I'm I'm not a I'm not big on you know as far as like some of the other stuff that social media is for a lot of people use it for jokes entertainment stuff like that that's, that ain't me man like i'm i'm kind of still in that stage where like yo let's let's get our crap together let's let's, let's go be great so if you're looking for some motivation and, and looking for some uh some inspiration man like yo definitely follow me and you kind of keep up what i got going on if, if you're looking for a heads up on when the the big dogs like Mikey Williams and, and Lonzo Ball might be in the gym. I don't do that. So if you if you kind of looking for that type of vibe, you know, I, I might not be the right person. But uh, but like I say, man, I, I keep you you know keep you connected on what I got going on, some of the things I got uh, in, in in the works for the future. And uh, but definitely, man, look out for me, Mike Russ and Russ Three Four. Man, I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. Thank you. Absolutely.